Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 212 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. What's happening? How are you? Oh, I'm still alive. I'm doing all right. I'm still a little nasally and coughing a little bit, but I'm back at work and officially over it. So Yeah? Yep. No long-term effects happening? No. Yeah. No, none. Good. I didn't lose my smell. I didn't have a headache. I just had a fever and body aches pretty much for a week. But yeah, now I know what it's like, even my version anyways. Now yeah. I have antibodies and move along. Moving on. Getting Moving over on. It. Good for you. Thank you. I'm glad you survived. Uh, me too. <laughs> so far, so good. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Wondering, did your lab slow down with spring break at all? No. No? No. I say that with a chuckle. Not even kind of. Really? Yeah, I was out visiting some labs last week, and some of them saw a slowdown because of spring break. Back in the day, we used to, but not so much anymore. You can't really, it's like you can't put your finger on it, but we've been busy nonstop. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, everyone says they kind of welcomed the little break, the little slowdown, but they're happy to see it coming right back. I mean, they were saying it was just flooding in again like it never even stopped. We're doing record-breaking numbers, and I've heard that from a lot of people. So we'll just keep going. It's a good time to be in the industry. Yes, sir. So what's happening this week? Well, actually, in just about a month, I actually get to hang out with a bunch of denturists. Nice. Yeah, you know, we love denturists. And it's actually, it's been a while since we've had any on the podcast. We need to get some back on again. But May 12th to the 14th, Preet is sending me to the Washington State Denturist Association meeting in Levensworth, Washington. Nice. Washington yeah. State's beautiful, my friend. Ugh. I haven't been since I was like 12. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, this Levensworth is kind of outside of Seattle, but it's it's very mountainous, very resorty. Kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, I bet you are. Have fun. Yeah. So Barbara and I both agree that denturism is a great career path for dental technicians. So we encourage anyone around Washington State, head over to wadenturist.com or a link on this episode's show notes to check out the program and maybe even register if you want to learn more about denturism. I also hear they have a pretty good-looking guy talking about stud attachments at the meeting. (laughs) Oh, we got to get in a plug for you again. Uh, That's just what I hear, though. Uh I'm not sure. (laughs) Touche. But seriously, if you're in the area and you want to expand, go check out the program. I think it's good for everybody. Agree. So this week, we talked to a, an amazing and inspiring technician, Kelly Wellicky. Kelly owns her own removable lab outside of Chicago, which is great on its own. But it's Kelly's journey that is the real story. Kelly learned how to make dentures because her alternatives were either construction or Microsoft Word. Good call, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So usually at this point in the intro... I talk about the kind of things Kelly will cover over the next hour, but I actually think it's more important for the audience, and more importantly for Kelly, that she be the one to tell you. Let's just say that through a lot of mentorship, support, and moving past past experiences, 
Kelly has turned into a growing and winning business person looking for ways to give back to the industry that has given her so much. But make sure you stick around till after the conversation to learn where you might be able to see Kelly live on stage this year. So join us as we chat with Kelly Wellicky. The Asiga Max, the world's most advanced lab 3D printer, offers exceptional productivity. Well over 400 labs in the U.S. can attest to its accuracy, speed, and precision. With the 62 micron print precision, the Max is optimized for both the dental lab or the clinical environment. Its exclusive SPS smart positioning system technology guarantees that every single layer is formed accurately resulting in consistent results in any environment. And its single point calibration makes calibration extremely accurate and fast. As an open material system, you can print any suitable resin from any material manufacturer. Your choice, no strings. The Max also features the fastest material changeover of any 3D printer. Labs love this change completely from one print resin to another in under 30 seconds, which is really amazing because you and I both know how hard that is. All of this and the finest, most dependable technical support staff in the dental lab industry. Call Whitmix today or visit Whitmix.com to find out more about the Asiga Max. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Voices from the Bench, The Interview, Kelly Weekly, Welkly, Welkie, 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 yeah, Barb, you still with us? I am with you. Okay, just making sure. Yep. Usually by now you chimed in how bad I mispronounced it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> you were going to screw it up and you did, so all yeah, good. there you go. Awesome. <laughs> So we are excited to welcome to the podcast today, Kelly Wellicky. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Ah, doing fantastic. Of course, someone else I know from the world of online dental laboratory. Yes. Seems like I know a lot of people online and haven't had the privilege to meet as many of them in person. So. Yeah, but luckily Lab Day Chicago, we knocked a bunch of that out, didn't we? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was great. Barbara, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to meet you. I'm here. Yeah, I came by the pre-booth and I think you were just landing or something like that. But yeah, that was amazing. That was the first trade show I've actually ever been to. And and I live like 45 minutes outside of Chicago. So shame on me. Yeah, what's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, trade shows, I guess they just have been intimidating to me and like really, really big and... The thought of like going by myself and you're just kind of like, nah, I'm not going to go. On top of that, in previous years, I'd be working on Fridays. And the places I worked at didn't care if I wanted to go somewhere. And then come Saturday, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about teeth or be around. (laughs) I feel that way too. (laughs) Stand for 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but over the last like year and a half or two years of being back on social media, because I was off of it for a long time, building my business and my lab, I've gotten to know so many wonderful people online. So it was a great chance to connect the, the dots and the faces to the names and, or rather the faces to the like Instagram handles. 
Yeah, or their profile picture that looks nothing like them. Right, know. exactly. <laughs> but it was great. It was. I actually felt, I laughed feeling like invigorated. Like I was yeah. very energized. I, I was also very tired. I don't know how you guys do it for four days straight, but. Oh, God, yeah. True. You should try being on the vendor side. That's something yeah. I learned this year. Holy schmoly. I don't know if I could. Yeah. Not enough coffee. <laughs> So, Kelly, let's talk about how you got into the industry, because, I mean, now you're running your own lab. But I know to get there was a journey. Definitely been a journey. And I have, as you know, Elvis, because we've talked several times in the past about coming on the podcast, I've been very reluctant to, just because I've had some, it's been, like you said, it's been a journey. And so what I've noticed is a lot of people get their start in the lab. Seems to be like a common theme of like assistants turned technicians or family owned labs and things of that nature. But I know that there's a population out there similar to myself that received their training while they were incarcerated. So Mm -hmm. I decided, you know, hell with it. Try to turn the narrative around from being ashamed to being proud of my journey. So, so here I am freaking sweating. Ah, that's great. Yeah, Elvis makes people sweat, you know. So I'm just curious, what's the name of your lab? Precision Dental Studio, and I'm in Gilberts, Illinois. Nice. Okay. And as you mentioned, Kelly, we talked before, even the lab I was at, which wasn't a large lab, I think over the 13 years I was there, we had three people that learned yeah. the the craft wall in prison or whatever the, the PC term is these days, <laughs> the correction facility. They were locked up. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us out there. And I think that we probably, on some level, all share the same, like, embarrassment. You know, the industry can be, is full of highly educated individuals. And when you see that, and then you kind of know on the inside where, where you came from, it can be a hard pill to swallow or like hard to feel comfortable comparing those two things, you know? The, yeah. So, so then you just keep shut about it. But I think really, and my hopes in doing this is that other people will understand that they can be proud of their journey and just shift the mindset of like embarrassment or shame to like, look how far you've come. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Completely agree. And on top of that, how hard it is to find employees and technicians. It is. And that program changed my life. Before that, like I was a waitress. I was on track to go to the Navy. Things got derailed. And people take for granted how quickly their life can change in the matter of a couple seconds or a couple choices. Like we're all just a couple choices away from a totally different life. Yeah. I don't think people really understand that. I don't think we could function as humans if we thought that way, yeah. honestly. <laughs> We'd all be afraid to make a choice. Yeah, totally. Probably. That's the truth. And I know that that was the truth for me. And that's why I don't take things for granted today. But yeah, so so it changed my life. And there is a huge need for technicians out there. And without this program, like I wouldn't be here. And without yeah. people that gave me the, the employment opportunities that they did, I wouldn't be here. I was on work release for a while and there's a lab that if I told you the name, you would know who it is, but he gave me a chance on work release and I worked for him for two years before I got out and continued on my journey. But, but that was life changing to me that completely changed the trajectory of my life. And for lab owners to 
understand that there are people like me out there. Maybe they have a colorful past, but I don't think you'll find a person working harder than somebody trying to turn their life around. So yeah. give them a chance, you know, give them a chance. So just hearing you talk is like super inspiring for me personally. I just like to say that, but help me understand you said a program like that. So how did you get that opportunity? Did somebody come to you or do they, do they have something on the wall that says, Hey, you know, there's a dental technology program there. Like, how did you get into it? Yeah. So great question. When I was sentenced and I'm just going to go on the record as saying, because everybody's going to run to Google. Oh my God, what did she do? So I was involved in a drunk driving crash and I was a driver and I've been sober for 16 years since and we could spend the next hour talking about how I wish everybody would not drink and drive but the the reality is it happens and it's the most it's like one of the most broken laws there is but trying to stay on track here so yeah, I just knew everybody was going to run to Google. So I'm like, let me just answer that for you. Check that off. Check that off the list. Move on, people. We're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. And I was 18. You know, I was like senior prom. So. Oh, you're a baby. God. And I also try to be mindful of talking about that too much because I know there are a lot of victims out there. And I don't want to undermine any of their pain that they've suffered because of drunk drivers. So it's the program. So actually when I was sentenced, I was sentenced to a couple different things. And one of them was to complete a vocational program. And when I got to the prison and they had three choices for vocational programs, one of them being construction, one of them being like Microsoft Word or something like that, computers. And then one of them being dental technology. And I jumped at the chance for the dental technology program because, because they were teaching from the air force manuals. And that was the first thing that I kind of noticed. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't get to go to the Navy. My plans have changed. So at least this is kind of cool. They're teaching from air force manuals. So I liked the, the military connection. I didn't even know what it was like most people. Yeah. And, um, it ended up being a year long program it was all removable. So, well, I could, I should say all dentures. We didn't get too deep into partials. Did you have to like study the manuals and take tests and get through that part of it? Or was it straight hands-on? It was 50-50, I'd say. So we'd have some days that were like lecture and some days that were bench time, but we made dentures and then, you know, they broke our dentures to learn repairs, oh. <laughs> which I hear is, I guess, kind of common, but. Oh, um, yeah. That was heartbreaking. So they brought in instructors from outside to teach the courses? Yes, it was one man. And I wish I could find him because I've looked so hard to find him. and I can't find him anywhere. If anybody knows Dan Engstrom, holler at your girl. Because I would love to talk to him and tell him how he changed my life. Aww. But he was a technician, you know. And somehow he ended up teaching at the prison. And and I had to interview for the course. So it wasn't just oh, like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They made it pretty official. I had to interview. You had to meet certain stipulations like length of your sentence and things like that because it was a longer program than some of the other ones. And that's what I did every day, Monday through Friday. Went to school to learn about denture. Wow. So did they have like real cases that you guys worked on or just all practice cases? So some of the ladies that had longer sentences 
would get hired in the lab after they completed the program. And they actually made the cases for other inmates. Oh, wow. And actually, I don't think people realize how common it is. This program is available for inmates in multiple states and a lot of federal prisons too. They have one in Florida. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Florida, Michigan, California, like a dozen federal prisons. Yep. So I always hear about like lack of education, but maybe in the civilian world, but <laughs> still out there. <laughs> and there's a lot of us out here kicking ass thanks to it. But yeah. I advise anybody going to prison just to take the course. Well, yeah, obviously. I'll train you for free. Yeah. <laughs> How many people were taking the course with you? Was there a lot? Uh, maybe like 12 or 15. That's a good size. I mean, if that's rotating and having that fullness every year at multiple prisons or whatever, I mean, that's yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah. So what I'd like to say about that for people that are listening to us, removable technicians are so hard to find. If you're looking, I mean, if you have that many people that are going through that program, you would think people would be dying to hire them. Yeah. I know some of the ladies that were in my class did not continue on. And some of the other ladies, once they got to the lab, that there was a lab in the town of the prison that hired as many graduates as they could. Oh, I bet. Cool. <laughs> you know, there's like tax benefits to that and a lot of other things that we could get into, but it's good for the for the lab too. Not just getting an employee, but on other levels, it's good for the lab. And you will never find anybody that wants as much overtime as a work release inmate. Let me tell Heck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean go work for a few hours? Get out of here? Hell yeah. With the lack of removable um, technicians in the U.S. today, that that would be a super big opportunity for yeah. laboratories, you know, to get these folks in our, in, you know, get, get them at the bench, get them working. I mean, it's Absolutely. just... And that's a lot of people in one class. And like you said, there's several in the United States. So we would think that that would be a hell of an opportunity for our laboratories to hire them. There really is. And the one thing about just being removable, though, is you didn't really get to pick what department they put you in once you got there. So I know some of the girls that I worked with at the time, some of them went into like the model room and they did all the model work for the Crown and Bridge Department. Mm. And some of them went into like opaqueing or waxing copings and things like that and i just happened to end in the removable side oh so they have everything wow that's even more amazing no at the lab they went to not at the oh not teaching right yeah teaching yeah. was just just removable, just and, removable. My right, bad. anatomy definitions things like that but once you got to the lab they would train you in wherever they needed to fill the spot yeah so did you like just totally fall in love with the artistic part and working with the wax and setting the teeth? Like, what was it that, that hit you? Well, to be honest, I didn't fall in love with it right away. It was kind of hard. Like waxing, for some reason, I just really struggled with waxing. But it was an opportunity, you know? And yeah. that's I guess that's what I fell in love with the most was that I had a path now that I could follow and create something for my life. And when I came home and got into the implants and the all in fours, that's kind of what I really fell in love with. And now I've been doing that for like 11 years. Wow. We're going to get to that, but yeah, I got a few more questions about okay. the program. <laughs> Did they teach you all aspects of removable? Did you feel that it was an education that covered everything you needed to know? I felt like it covered the basics really well. Uh huh. And like we packed dentures, you know, we learned 
taught her water ratios. We learned repairs. We learned setups. We learned waxing. We learned, you know, a proper way to invest and divest and boil out. And again, all the didactic stuff. So like all the book work, I guess you could say a lot of quizzes, a lot of quizzes. And this was actually not just through the prison. It was through a technical college in the town. Oh, so when I graduated, it was a legit like vocational degree. Oh, okay. Amazing. That is great. Yeah. I didn't realize it associated itself with a school. It did. I don't know that all the programs do, but this one specifically did. And in my attempts to try and find my teacher, I've learned that the prison no longer has the course. I yeah. imagine he probably retired. Aww. He was kind of older. He was kind of older then. And it's been a long time now since then. So he might have passed. Might have. I've Googled him, you know, I've yeah. tried Facebook looking him. I've tried everything. I've called the prison asking about it. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe this podcast will reach somebody. I've talked to other girls that did the program like years after me. They don't know where he is either. So hard to say, but he changed a lot of lives. With the school ending the program, do you know if the uh, prison is still doing the course? The I, Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if the school ended it or if the prison ended it. Yeah. It's not at the prison any longer, though. It isn't. No. That's a shame. It is. Maybe you should go back and teach it. Yeah. Let me tell you, I have dreams about that all the time. And I live in a county now where our sheriff is very proactive about, like, reducing recidivism rates through rehabilitation and education. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the dental world, period, could benefit from using some of these opportunities to to get the word out about needing employees to get the training out i mean we had a full lab too mind you like it was a full lab that the course was in that you know in the prison but it was a functioning lab because they were making teeth for the inmates too so it it was dual purpose and everybody benefited from it and i always think about how could i get that like on a smaller level like in a county yeah I think the fact of the matter is a lot of counties or states don't have a lot of money to invest in that. But if you live maybe in a progressive or proactive area that you could get somebody higher up to buy into it, maybe something could happen there. But I also sometimes think that somehow the foundation could get involved with helping yeah. some connection. There's, there's got to be some connections that could be made there. Yeah. There's some opportunities there. It's definitely worth looking at. I think so. Yeah. Because there's a lot of us out there. You know, I'm not going to call anybody out because I don't want to, I respect their privacy, but there's a lot of us floating around doing really, really well. So just too shy or ashamed or embarrassed to, to talk about it. Yeah. The ones we had at our lab, they were phenomenal technicians. They did a great job. Yeah. Hard workers too. <laughs> Unbelievable hard workers. Back to my question that I was going to ask you before Elvis rudely interrupted me was That's what I do. I kind of just want to explore the connection between you and your teacher. Like, what was it? You know, I've had a lot of mentors that were super meaningful to me, but like, what was the connection there? Was it the, I mean, did he like inspire you and help you and teach you and mentor you? Like, you know, what would you say to him if you could find him today? So he was actually pretty strict. Like, I'm not going to lie during the course, 
it was like, okay, I'm doing this because I've been sentenced to a vocational program and this is the one I chose. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's cool, you know, but while I was in the course, I didn't understand how big the industry was because while it was my first exposure to it and I was in prison. So there was no way I could understand the scope of the industry while I was there. However, while he changed my life completely, the real mentorship came from the first gentleman I worked at while I was on work release and his name was Brian. And, you know, I was younger and another side story amongst all this is my son was born while I was incarcerated too. So I had this huge drive to like change my life around because all I wanted to do was get back to him and provide a good life for him. And so now if you see me ever talk about my son, God, it's because we've been through hell and we are like as close as ever and we've overcome so much. So Mm. he's like everything to me. When I think about the success I have now, it's all with the motivation of changing my legacy for him. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Well, me too. Don't worry. (laughs) So the real mentorship came from a gentleman named Brian, and he had been making dentures for longer than I had been alive by the time I got paired up with him on work release at the, the lab I was at. And he just took me under his wing like a father. And, mm-hmm. and I was all alone because I was in a different state and because this all happened in a different state. And he just really took me under his wing and really cared for me and really showed me the ropes. And there was a lot of hard days, but he never stopped encouraging me. And we just connected. Like we just connected so much. Actually, the day I got out, on my way home, we stopped at the lab to visit and say goodbye to him. And he had made me this beautiful piece of jewelry because, you know, a lot of technicians are crafty. Oh, God, yes. yes. Was it a tooth? Oh, no, it was actually a beautiful silver necklace. And it was a silhouette of a mom holding her baby. Aww. And, um, did he, he cast it for you? Like actually physically make it? He did. Oh, how cool. My dad used to do that for me way back when. <laughs> Aww. I still have it. And like, we had talked a lot about me staying there because the lab was owned by a family and they were really, really good to me. Again, I, they, they changed my life as well. And so I had thoughts of moving that way where I was, but there's a lot of rules with when you get out of prison. And I just kind of had to follow those because I didn't want to go back. And it wouldn't have been practical for me to move away from my family and bring my son with. I just had to go home. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get and that. Thank God for my parents who helped with my son during that time and made sure that we were super connected. But yeah, then I came home and haven't stopped since. So the lab you did a work release at, that was the lab that you mentioned earlier that got a lot of work release people at. Yeah. As yeah. many as good or as many openings as they had. Yeah. But you were able to connect with the owner so strong though. I was. Yeah. Probably because you were damn good. I guess. I mean, I don't know at the time. I think I stressed him out a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he maybe felt bad for me or something because I was just in a shit situation. Yeah. And all of my own doing, you know, like nobody's fault but my own and just really had to learn some hard life lessons by myself during it. And as much as I wanted to talk about my son, he would just sit there and listen. And I I don't think he had, he didn't have any kids either. So, and he was like my parents' age. So we just kind of 
Yeah. And we just connected. So how long was the work release with that lab? It was about two years until wow. I released from prison and then I went home. So a year in the program and then two years at this lab. Yes. And how often were you at the lab? Was it every day or as often as you could, I guess? Yeah, uh, Monday through Friday and then busy season, sometimes Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I had a regular working schedule, so we'd get there. And if it was really busy, we'd go in early. I mean, the prison had drivers, you know, so they would drive the inmate. And they were inmate drivers, actually, trusted inmate drivers. And they would drive all the inmates around to their jobs. So a lot of other inmates would get jobs at, like, Thornton's, which is a gas station, or McDonald's, or Burger King, or, like, a meat packing plant or something like that. There was also this little lab in town that was always looking for technicians. And so graduates had the opportunity to go there. And how much more do you think you learned at the work release than what was taught in your class? Because now you're putting this to like a real life, real time application. I imagine you've. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Okay. I remember when you're dealing with a prison system, there's always some lag time. So when I was at the main prison. And where the course was, I had to finish the course and then you get transferred to the minimum facility where the work releases. And that's, you know, hours apart because they're in different towns. And then you have to go through the approval for the work release. So there's always some downtime. And I ended up having quite a bit of downtime in between my finishing the program to get to work. Yeah. I like forgot a lot of stuff. So I remember it was like the first like week and they're like, okay, can you go articulate this? And I'm like, go do what? You know, (laughs) show me. (laughs) I guess I forgot that one. (laughs) I think they were probably thinking that they were like totally screwed when I showed up, but it ended up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a question though. Did you get paid? Yeah. Okay, cool. And I even got a raise. Like I, they were really good to me. That's great. Yeah. And I had, you know, when you're in prison, you have like a prison bank account. And so you don't get your check physically, but it gets deposited into the account. And then when you get out, you have some, if you, if you've been smart, I guess you could say you have some money left over that you can get out. I would think so. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I'm sure we were paid pretty low, but at the time, you know, it didn't matter. (laughs) I was learning skills. I was getting out and I was creating So you got out, you got home, then what? Found a job at a lab? Found a job at a lab and... Was it hard to find a job? No, not totally, but where I live compared to where a lot of labs are, it's always been a commute, so... I get that. I've been commuting for, you know, 12 years somewhere and normally towards the city or towards Naperville or something like that, but got out, got a job. Actually, the owner of the lab... I was that while I was incarcerated kind of helped me land that job. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was great. But you know, I had a lot of other things going on too. So like when I came home, I was all of a sudden a mom, which was a new role for me. Mm-hmm. I was still young, you know, I was still like wanting to have a life and I was working on staying clean and sober and I just was juggling a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hats, I guess you could say. I so, couldn't imagine. Yeah. It was a lot, but I yeah. have the most amazing family. So thank God for them. Yeah, absolutely. So blessed to have them. And after like a, not even a year, maybe eight months of working there and making the commute, I remember it was like it was a wintry day. They called me. They said they didn't get a ton in. I could stay home because they knew it was a, a drive for me. Yeah. And I was grateful for that, but also 
when you're trying to get out and build a life and make money and you need a, you got to buy a car, you're trying to get a place, you're trying to do all these things. I needed to work. And so I kind of took that opportunity and it had happened a few times. So mm -hmm. I took that time and ended up applying at a big, we'll leave it nameless, but a big all on four company. Okay. Yeah. And they hired me. And so that began my journey into the all in four world. So you were hired in as one of those one-stop, all-on-four type situations where that's all they did. Yes. Yeah. We don't need to name it, but <laughs> we can narrow them down. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And this was 11 years ago, so it was kind of new back then. Now it's yeah. like so mainstream. Everybody wants to do it, and that's kind of scary to me. But it was pretty like cutting edge back then. And this company, they hired me, they flew me out. They did all these fancy things. I could not believe it. You know, I'm like, I just got out of prison. What do you mean? You're putting airplanes and they wanted to pay me well. And I got a chance to learn a ton. And so that was another game changer for me, you know, huge game changer for me. Cause that also changed the trajectory of my career. So I'm grateful for that every day. But, you know, as I'm sure everybody knows, working in places like that, it's incredibly stressful. And so oh, heck yeah, <laughs> for sure, when you're super green, like I was, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was learning as I was going and high volume and you're the only technician. It can create a lot of stressful situations. So I kind of bounced around a little bit after spending a few years there to other implant clinics. And then I ended up back at the big one a couple of years ago. So you didn't learn anything about implants in the program or at your work release, did you? No, no, I didn't see an implant until I got that job. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You went from yeah. none to fixed oh. hybrid. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a pretty big jump, sister. That is a big like, jump. I went from like making night cards and setting partials to doing conversions. It wasn't even like a. Wow. But, you know, I had great teachers along the way with that. Like the doctor I worked with at the time, you know, 11 years ago, he was amazing. Mm -hmm. Head technician with the company who's still there. Like, I will forever be grateful for him because he's the one that took a chance on me, you know? Yeah. And I had support, you know, from them. So I could go to them with questions and I could text them when I'm crying in the lab. You know, like, what do I do? I just locked this in. And I wasn't totally alone. Yeah. So when you applied for these positions, do you mention that you learned it at a prison or do you just mention that you got the degree from the school? No, I definitely mention it. I've learned that just being honest is the easiest way to live. And so sure. Yeah. Maybe some of the doctors I've worked with don't know because I didn't get hired by them. I got hired by like the corporate side of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've never been one to try to hide something because I like sleeping at night. And if Yeah, it's not good for your soul. Yeah, you just don't have anything to worry about. And yeah. I've approached my owning my lab like that, too. Okay. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. So, like, what, what point did you say to yourself, self, I'm going to open my own lab now. I'm ready. Yeah. So, I had thought about it for years, but I always heard that people don't get paid. The doctors don't pay. And I was like, this sounds like career suicide to, like, leave a good job where I'm valued and I know what I'm doing, getting paid well steadily uh, yeah, you know, exactly to go open something where i would have to invest a ton of money and have the chance of not getting paid like that just sounds stupid 
And let's see, I've been open for not quite a year and a half, but for the sake of conversation, we'll just say a year and a half. And before that, things were getting pretty bad at the job I was at. And then COVID happened. Ugh. And during COVID, like my staff was cut, my hours were cut, my pay was cut. The volume didn't change though, because if you're at an all in four clinic that only does these and they've been open for 12 years or so, there's a lot of older patients and hybrids that are breaking and you always have to be available to serve them. And a lot of times if it's emergent, well, then we will still see you during COVID. And they didn't shut down, did they? No, they slowed down, but didn't shut down. And interesting. Yeah. And if you have, you know, horrible dental abscesses and infections, well, then that's also emergent. And then we will do an all in four procedure for you. So while things changed, you know, it just got worse for me because then there I was pay cut, hours cut, everything cut, staff cut. It's only me still having to keep up with all the work. And so my husband, who is also an entrepreneur, really was encouraging to you should just open up your own thing. Just open up your own thing. And the more he showed support, the more I was like, okay, screw it. Let's try it. You know, like I got to try this while I'm young because otherwise I'll always regret it. And if it fails, well, then at least I know I tried and I'll go get another job. During COVID, you decided <laughs> to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sure did. And so we started building out I don't know. This is probably like 600 or so square feet of my basement. And I was at work during the day and he was at home also working, but also overseeing like some of the construction that we had done for the basement, plumbing, electricity, all those things. I needed to be painted because I, you know, didn't want to sit in concrete. And I told him I needed heat because he'll sit <laughs> on the side of the basement with no heater. And I think he's crazy. Got to be comfortable. These are my demands, honey. I need this. I need this. <laughs> so he kind of oversaw all that while I was going to work every day. And then things at work just kept getting worse and the demands kept getting higher. And I understand. I understand it. You know, like in order to keep your business solvent, you have to sell the surgeries. You have to do the conversions. You have to see the patients. But I also think in some of these companies that do all the same day stuff, Mm -hmm. You also have to take some consideration into your employees. And if your employee says, always says yes, and then suddenly just can't do it, like that's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Burnout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And gosh, there's a lot I could say about that, but, but I'm not going to, okay? Because <laughs> I like a lot of the people I dealt with there, but we weren't in the best environment to be our best selves, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> And so it just is what it is. And I was not open yet. I was not ready to open yet. And I got sick and I said, you know, I'm got to go take a COVID test because this was in the height of it all. Of course it was positive. And then going back was, they made it kind of hard. So my husband was just like, Kelly, just stop, just stop. You're like losing sleep. I could not sleep because I was so stressed out about it. Yeah. He was like, just stop and just start putting all this energy that you have into all the stress that you have into opening up on your own. And so I did. And so like in the height of COVID, I drove around to offices. Hi, my name's Kelly, new lab in the area. Here's my info. Thanks. Bye. You know, <laughs> and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Awesome. But that didn't stop me. And 
it hasn't stopped me since. It's been pretty nonstop. So what's it been two years? On just we'll say December of twenty, I opened. So just about a year and a half. And are you still in your basement or have you already outgrown it? I've outgrown it, but I'm still here. <laughs> cool. You just opened an all on four type lab though, right? That's all you do. No, I do a lot of removable. Okay. Okay. So you're a removable lab then. A lot of removable, but I am working on like focusing more on all in fours because that's really my strong suit. I can do those easier than I can a partial and hell of a lot more money. Exactly. So that's where I really want to put my, my energy and my effort. But hard part is getting doctors to trust you to do it because it is a can be a complicated process and they're not just going to trust someone that walks in and say, Hey, I'm a new lab in the area. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's been building that momentum and that business up over the last, you know, year and a half. And now I have three doctors that text me regularly. Hey, are you available this day? Hey, are you available this day? You want to come do final impressions with me this day? And And you're like, I'm there. Hell yes, I'm there. Every chance. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Because part of my mentality when I opened the lab was like, I don't want to just be a lab. I want to be a partner for my doctors. And I don't want a of doctors. I just want a few that we can collaborate together. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be a nameless faceless person doing average work blowing it out your rear and keep going and yeah exactly like i want to build relationships with these people and help them help me and you know one hand washes the other right yeah and it's really paying off and i can't even believe it most days i have to wake up and pinch myself so i gotta ask this question did you put your son to work not yet, but when he was younger, I used to take him to work with me quite a oh, bit yeah. mm-hmm. on the weekends and stuff. And so he's not new to it, but now finally with ExoCAD and he, he's a teenager now. So he's like super techie yep. and I'm like, you need to get down here and mm-hmm. you need to start designing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly though, it's brilliant. Yeah. And also he's at the age now where he wants a job, you know, he's like, Summer's coming up. I think yep. I just want a part-time job over the summer. And I'm like, say no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't give him a choice. My dad was like, you're going and that's that. But yeah, you know what's crazy about him is between me and my husband, he's got two businesses that he could like grow up to take over and he just wants to do his own thing. But yeah. I guess with teenagers, I think that's pretty common. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I'm curious when you started your lab and you went out to try to find those doctors that do those conversions, how did you earn their trust? Did you just get lucky or? (laughs) I think a lot of it has just been good timing because, which is so cliche to say, but I walked into several offices that were like, I think because of COVID, a lot of them were losing the labs that they were using regularly or those labs were shutting down or. One doctor in particular was like, yeah, my technician that I've sent all my work to for like 20 years, you know, closed shop and went home to whatever country she was from. Yeah. I don't know when she's coming back. So yeah, I'd love to send you some cases here. Nice. It was just all really good timing. And for my birthday last year, um, my sister took me to go get my palm read. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're talking my language now. I love it. (laughs) 
And I thought it's just kind of cool, right? Like, yep. I don't know what to expect. It was my first time ever doing anything like that. And this lady, you know, or no, it wasn't my palm. It was my tarot cards. Okay. And she tells me like, wow, you are a hustler. You will make yourself sick trying to force things to happen. And you just need to sit back a little bit, breathe, and just let things come to you naturally. <laughs> and it could have just been some hippy dippy or it could be real. I don't know. But <laughs> what she said, I really took to heart because she really nailed it on the head. I was kind of getting depressed because it was a lot I had taken on. And I was kind of getting like scared. And what was I thinking? Yeah, uncertain. And seeing the numbers I was spending versus, and not even like on myself, just to like buy the materials or whatever, outsource the metal work or something. Um, seeing what I was spending versus seeing what I was bringing in, I started getting kind of nervous about it. Yeah. This happened and I was like, okay, I'm just not going to like, you can't just say I'm not going to care anymore because it's your baby. It's your business. You're growing it. But I'm just going to like relax a little bit. And I'm going to learn to, on the slow day, like breathe instead of like obsess. And I don't know what it is, but it's really paid off because now the cases just show up every day. <laughs> it's just like, don't even have to worry about it. That's awesome. I'm sure one day I will. But for now, I'm just going to be grateful and content. <laughs> so can you handle all of it by yourself right now? Or do you feel like there's going to be a time where you're going to need to hire somebody? I've thought that for a while now that I potentially need to hire somebody, but I don't think I'm the greatest manager and I'm too passionate and like, I'm just like a sponge. I just soak up everybody else's feelings. Yeah. Empath. Yeah. It's terrible to, when you want to manage people, it's really, yeah. I don't think it's a strong characteristic to have. And so I've learned that about myself though, over the years. And when I think about managing people, I feel like drained. So I really don't want to, I want to keep it small enough that I can handle it myself. I'm grateful to have amazing parents who are semi-retired that will help me with deliveries. And, you know, I kind of want to keep it myself for now, but, but I have definitely worked 20 hour days. Yeah. Many, yeah. Many times. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. A lot of people think when you start a business, it's all about growth and seeing how big you can get it and how many mills you can fill in there and, it's yeah. not all about that. It's all about whatever you're comfortable with and makes you happy. Right. And this makes me so happy. Do you know how happy I am every morning I get to be here and be present to wake my son up for school? Like, I just love that. That is the best part of my day. And so he's a teenager, right? So he'll sleep in like yeah. pretty late. But I'm an uh, early riser. So I can work six hours at least before he even wakes up on the weekends and I do that pretty much every weekend because that allows me to be more present during the week for like rides to school and picking up. And that's awesome. Yeah. Whatnot. And, and for me, that's really what it's all about. Being present for my family, being less stressed from high sales based dentistry and not being in a toxic environment and just trying to have some peace in my life because that's all I really want. <laughs> that's awesome. You mentioned ExoCAD earlier. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting into digital. Yeah, probably more than I should because I am like the grandma trying to learn her iPhone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I understand funny. the times are changing and I want to remain relevant. And especially when it comes to full arch, uh, it's changing a lot. Yeah. And so I do have 
uh, an Envision One printer and a DOF scanner and ExoCAD. I'm not using any of it to the full capacity like I should be, but I haven't taken a paycheck out. I just keep buying more stuff and reinvesting more so, wow. so I can stay relevant. Yeah. You, know? you haven't paid yourself in a year and a half? No, I have not. That's amazing. I mean, is it though? It kind of sucks. Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. I would think it kind of sucks too, but sooner or later you're going to start banking. Yeah, and I'm just trying to keep it like focus on the long term and and focus on the future and not live or be defined by my past so much anymore. Well, it definitely doesn't sound like you are. You sound like you're freaking way, way, way over that hump. Thank you, Barbara. And keeping yourself at peace and, you know, that's just very astonishing to me. I have to work at it every day, you know, like nothing comes easily, right? And it can all go away just as quickly as it came. So I try not to, not to take it for granted. Yeah. So have you printed your converted dentures yet? Or have you done a fully digital workflow? Not yet. And the reason being is I'm not sure on the longevity of acrylic bonding to the Flexera. And so I was talking with a friend of mine actually just last night about it. He's been doing some testing on it and I hope to get there. But, but another thing is also just like getting the doctors on board. So I think actually the next thing I will do, I thought maybe this year I'd get a mill, but I think I'm going to look at photogrammetry instead. Hmm. I keep outsourcing the milling. What are you going to be milling? The dentures? Well, the finals, either titanium bars or zirconia. Oh, Cool. Well, you're you're going big. <laughs> well, it fits within the scope of full arch dentistry, right? Sure. And I love full arch dentistry because I feel like any of those patients that end up in a situation of being even being a candidate for full arch dentistry, like they've had some pretty tough lives, and yeah, and I can I just have so much compassion for them because. They either didn't learn growing up proper hygiene or they either had addiction issues or some abuse issues or there's always some reason why somebody's are needing a full arch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like a fractured tooth from a hockey game. No, there's definitely been some trauma there. Yeah. And, and that's why I love being able to help them because I can relate to them so much. Yeah, it's really cool how you make that connection. Yeah. And that's the emotional side of what we do. I mean, we all have some sort of emotion that drives us or a lot of different emotions, but I I definitely can see the connection there. Yes. I love it. And when I think about it too much, I think, well, when I was really struggling, going through hard times, my mom would always tell me, trust God's plan. You know, everything happens for a reason. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And she would just drill this message into my head. And at the time I couldn't even understand, like, that's bullshit. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And now I can sit back and look back and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe she was right. My dad used to say, put it in God's hands, Barb. When yeah. all else fails, put it in God's hands. And I was just like, well, that's not going to do me a gosh darn thing. But exactly. now I'm, you know, 50 plus years old and I freaking put it in God's hands daily. So yeah. it definitely works. <laughs> Yeah, and then you feel great. Yep. What's next for you, Kelly? What's your next project you're building up to? So I really want to get more involved with the foundation. So Oh, that's so cool. You're talking to the right people, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm learning. Ironically, though, I'm not a CPT. You don't have to be. No. But I was reading, you know, you can't like take the 
test or something for like five years or something. I don't know, but I want to further my education and maybe do some things that I have let my, my, the past version of me keep me from doing right. Like I think a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, their past will keep them from doing things that they're totally capable of. And that's because of like their self-worth or their self-esteem or their self-confidence. And so I'd like to start getting a little more involved in the industry and, and take it to the next level for myself. I'm very curious in denturism, like Jeremiah Mm -hmm. really sparked. Oh yeah. Interest in me, but where I live, it's not honored. And um, so there's that. I could work on that with Katie, who you guys have talked to about. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I could work on that with her and I just want to help people like, you know, be their best selves and get over the freaking past and try to become whatever great thing that they can be. I think it's a great message. Yeah. I think it's very relevant and not just our industry, just in life in general. And I think it would, it's a good message to get out. Thank you. And I can personally tell you that when I started my uh, journey to giving back to the industry, the foundation was the first thing that I chose because of that emotional gratification of giving back and, you know, helping people get their CDTs and all of the grants and everything that they do. I mean, that is just the best. So, you know, you should definitely put your hat in because those are some amazing people doing amazing things. Yes, that's what I've been seeing. And because of how much this industry has changed my life, like I would like to be a part in helping it change somebody else's life. And so that to me speaks volumes to my soul. So that's that's where I'm headed and probably stay in my basement and, you know, just keep working. Keep working and keep working towards all on fours, becoming an all on four focused business and stop with the partials because they are harder for me. <laughs> yeah. Freaking partials anymore. <laughs> Get to the point where you can give yourself a paycheck. Yeah. You know, a big my- fat <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Barbara. Yes. That's you know how many gray hairs I've gotten over the last year and a half? I'm like, I don't know. Do I embrace it or do I finally go get my hair did? I don't know. <laughs> get the hair done. You got to have your priorities. Come on. I keep telling my husband that. He doesn't have it. <laughs> I tell every female I know, you got to do it. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's where my future's headed, I think. And just keep trying to be a better person every day. And You know, Kelly, I knew it was hard for you to come on the podcast. It was. Cheeks are so red right now. I love you. (laughs) To talk about your journey, but I know that when you decided to come on, I know it was the right decision. I think. Oh, yeah. I think people need to know. I think people need to understand. I think it's a great story. And look at your success now. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. No doubt. It is. Very inspirational. Thank you. But it wouldn't have been possible without, you know, my amazing family and supportive husband and the drive I have to provide a better life for my son. You know, I'm not doing it for myself necessarily, but I don't know, it's all working out. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, and shout out to Mr. Awesome because he actually was very encouraging in convincing me to get on here. So thank you, Justin. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> Thank you. I've had a few people come up and say after Justin's episode, they feel like oh yeah, they could come on. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> to Justin. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he just really kept it real. And I feel yep. like 
you know, move the midline a millimeter, screw you. No, I'm going to say Never forget that because there are some people in our industry who are just elitists and you could never be yourself around or get motivation from. But when you hear somebody just keeping it real like that, like, oh my gosh, it was, it was refreshing. That's Justin, <laughs> man. <laughs> really appreciated that. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. Yes. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Me too. Getting over that stigma of where your past is and where you came from, but more importantly, focusing on the success that's come after. It's amazing stuff. And congratulations, genuinely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And anybody that has a past like myself, like, don't be ashamed of it anymore. Embrace it and focus on your future. Yeah. Awesome. Great words of wisdom. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Did you know that most InLab MCX5 users that have ordered burrs from Grow3x once keep on ordering Grow3x burrs over and over again? No way. You know what? I didn't know that. Why do you think that is, Elvis? Well, I think it's because Grow3x burrs are engineered by some of the same folks who have been providing burrs to some of the largest U.S. production labs for years. Did you also know that most roll-ins and DG Shape users have no idea what they are missing out on? Well, I think I can guess what they're missing out on. You are right. Most Roland and DG Shape users have absolutely no idea how good and great Grow3x burrs are because they think that the Grow3x burrs are only for the in-lab systems. Well, they are wrong. <laughs> to give Roland and DG Shape users the opportunity to find out for themselves how great the burrs are for their machines... Grow3x is now offering a buy three, get two burrs free special. This is exclusively for Voices from the Bench listeners, you guys, so please go support them. So all you simply have to do is go to the Grow3x website. That's grow3x.com. Click on Burrs, then select Roland and DG Shape. Add five burrs of your choice to your cart. Click on Checkout. Enter the discount code B3G2. That is B as in boy, the number three, G as in girl, the number two, burrs, and check out. That's awesome. You know what? We actually have a code, Elvis. Boom. That was easy, guys. Go for it. Free burrs. Use them and use them well. And we appreciate your support of the podcast, Grow3x. Thank you. A huge, huge thanks to Kelly for coming on our podcast. For sure, we know it wasn't easy for you to tell the world where you came from, but all of that does not matter because of the amazing person that you are today. I know it took a lot of courage to do what you did. You know, I got to say, personally and professionally, we're all embarrassed for something we did in our past, and most of us wouldn't even tell a friend. So thank you, Kelly, for being strong enough to come on and tell us your story. And maybe it's time that our industry reaches out to some of these programs to let them know that there are labs out there wanting and willing to hire them once they get out. Oh, yeah. So since the recording, Kelly was asked to speak at the upcoming Ladies of the Mill Summit in July. Congrats, Kelly. We think it's great that you're willing to take your story to the next level and talk about it live on stage. 
We encourage everybody listening to register for the event and support such a strong, great individual. So good luck, Kelly. We can't wait to see what big things you have in store for you in the future. Awesome, everybody. That's all we got for you. We will talk to you next week. Have a great one. Bye. Fantastico.